Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Ukulele Underground Podcast. My name is Aldrin Guerrero. Joining me are Mr. Aaron, the voice, Nakamurasi. What's up, Aaron? What's up? And Mr. Kahai, the legend for Gensei. What's up, Kahai? What's up? I was thinking about like changing it up today. I was, I was going to go like, uh, hello, everyone. It's Aldrin Guerrero. Welcome to another episode of the Ukulele Underground Podcast. Like, like, <laughs> you commit it style, you know, but it just didn't come out that way. That's why I'm like, it came in at high energy. Like, yeah. <laughs> No, I just it didn't didn't come out naturally. And I think I'll, I'll think of something. Think of, I'll think of something. Yeah. But hey, everyone, what's up? This is a, this is a podcast, and uh, mm. we talk any and all ukulele here on the Ukulele on the Ground podcast. We're basically live, and we uh, we do Q and A. You guys have Qs, we have uh, Os. We say so. You guys have questions, we have opinions about those questions. We'll try to give out the best opinion, the best answer that we can come up with. Um, we have uh, decades of ukulele experience between the three of us, so uh, we'll try to give out whatever advice we can uh, we can give to you folks who are looking for stuff who are looking for some i guess <laughs> uh, but any questions that you guys may have also we try to answer it as best as we can so uh, let's not waste any more time let's get started kai do you have questions uh, people are still rolling in yes so. so we are live what that means is you guys can kind of participate you guys can watch this live and um you guys can ask questions we are live uh, on, on youtube so you can use the chat function on youtube and just uh, just just ask away in there but you know what throughout this show i you guys might hear me like have the sniffles and cough a little bit i'm still my god <laughs> it's been five weeks five weeks and i've, I've been uh, i've been under the weather you know and um i i got i don't know like i i relapsed like this this week and um i have a cough and i'm i'm, I'm I don't know, I'm a little stuffed up. It's kind of, it's, it sucks. It's, it's it sucks because uh, I, I was sick, but then like I, I had stuff to to do. Like we had to go on a tour, and we had to like, you know <laughs> do all that stuff, and I've just been abusing my body like the past uh, you know the past <laughs> month. So because I had to leave, I had, I had a lot of stuff to take care of, and then um you know and then when we did leave, uh when when we were you know when we were on tour, it's not like we were just twiddling our thumbs waiting to get on stage and then do our thing. It's like we were. You know, if you guys were, well, if you guys attended the Mighty Uke Day, I was out and about. I was like, you know, like hanging out <laughs> with people, showing people some stuff, I was jamming with, you know, with people, talking story. Uh, whatever we did have downtime, we spent it playing ping pong with some friends <laughs> who are, you know, who are friends of the site, who were, you know, who are on, uh, on the Ukulele on the Ground website. So some Ukulele on the Ground members that we were hanging out with. So 24-7, Ukulele, basically, for, uh, for, for Mighty Uke Day, which is fun. I have no complaints. I loved it. And, and I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, I'm not going to just go there and be like, okay, well, call time is until whatever. It's like, no, I'm, I'm there, guys. I'm, I'll be in my trailer. I'll be in my trailer. I'll be in my trailer. What is, what is call time? You know, like, when are these, when are these openers going to end? You know what I mean? Like, I was there. I watched everybody. I watched all the performers. I watched all the jams. I watched all the, uh, the ukulele get-togethers, like the lunch get-togethers that they had and stuff. I had a blast. I mean, I'm still talking about it, like, weeks later. Later. and um, honestly we you know we don't go out much nowadays so whenever we do it's always fun to uh, to be around people who are as excited and as stoked about ukulele as, as I am was whatever you want to call it I still am I still am mm -hmm. in love with this uh, with this instrument I'll do this instrument <laughs> we just talking earlier I'm like God, I don't want to die on stage it's kind of more of stuff I'm like I want to I want to end my life on you know on stage when everything's all said and done I'm like 150 I'm going to be on stage with like a breathing tube whatever it may be I'm going to play my ukulele like if you have to wheel my bed on stage I'm going to do it guy I'm going to do it. Nah, no. A little bit more of it, but you know what? I'm like, 
But honestly, like I, I love this ukulele for my cold, <laughs> for dead, my cold hat. dead hats. That, that's how I want to go, dude. Kind of, you know what I mean? Like this, this instrument has brought me so much joy and so much life that I, that I think that would be, uh, be the, the most poetic way to go, man. <laughs> More of it, yes. But I'm saying a hundred years from now, when I'm 140, you know, then like that's, yeah. that's kind of the way to go. Right, Kai? Yeah. And like they'll put the the <laughs> VR goggles on you. And yeah, yeah, like, that's true. Oh, I'm on stage. Oh, I'm doing it. And <laughs> even then, you know what I mean? Like I think I'm just gonna hologram my way onto the stage. Like even even after that's uh, yeah. said and done and stuff, I will yeah. transcend this this like this. Tupac. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I'm not bound by this flesh. <laughs> <laughs> like when they when they move your brain to a jar, yeah. right? It's yes. Like they'll also have to move your ukulele to, to a the same jar. jar. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you can we still have play to, it. Yeah, we have yeah. to come up. Okay, I'm gonna talk to uh, Joe Souza about an ukulele that can that can still be played. In, in a while, in while a submerged in a jar. <laughs> right on, guys. So, on that note, does, does anybody have any questions? Yep. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Oh, like, I, like I mentioned, I apologize. Judge Too Good mm. said, I bought your ukulele strings. How do I change yes. it? Do you remove all strings at once or one at a time? Oh, very good question. Very good question. Um, it depends. You know what I mean? Like, um, if uh, if you're stingy about like your intonation and the uh, and the balance of your instrument and all that stuff, um, then I would say one at a time because you know it doesn't um, it doesn't really make a difference like uh, if you do it um, all at one time or one at a time if you're not worried about those things honestly. But sometimes you know like uh, some saddles are compensated. Okay, so if you if you have a compensated saddle, that you know the the saddle moving even just a little bit off, you know, off place can you know can play a, a difference. Most of the time it does it, but it can. But it definitely plays a difference in the balance of the instrument if uh, if you. Um, you know, if you change it all at the same time, this is me talking about all at the same time. Because if you take all of the strings off, that leaves your uh, your saddle like basically free to, uh, to to move around, okay? And if it moves even just a little bit, that will, uh, and not will, but can, uh, you know, make a difference and play a role in the, uh, in the intonation, in the balance of the, uh, of the electronics. If you have a pickup on your ukulele, um, <coughs> those things. So in my opinion, just to be on the safe side, I change my ukulele strings one string at a time. Um, I, I used to like it though, like taking off all the strings and then doing it, you know, like before I was super stingy with all that stuff because I could get underneath and I can polish the ukulele mm -hmm. and just make sure that everything's okay. But I think even like even that, because I would move it around to, you know, like to uh, to, to yeah. wipe it down and stuff, that moved my uh, my saddle around. But I think uh, with with uh, with my beautiful Kanile uh, ukulele, um, they have the slots there now for uh, you know for for the saddle. Back in the day, the the Kanilea, um saddle the, was like yeah it, it was the it was just one yeah, the, yeah. the place where you put the um, like uh, the saddle that. slot I guess you, you you would call it right like yeah, it, yeah. it went you know through so you, it that had you know it had moved so this one I'd be a little bit more comfortable with like changing all the strings at the same time if it has a slot like dedicated to you know to that but be careful because if that comes off and you're like uh what way did it go you know yeah. like, that will make a big difference you know um, usually it's it's pretty obvious but sometimes it's not. Okay, it depends mm -hmm. on the ukulele that you have. Um, I know and then, um, the balance. Um, 
is it's more noticeable like if you're you, you like you have an undersaddle pickup yeah if you have an undersaddle pickup because uh, if if uh, if it moves a little because the the contact on the like underneath the saddle that's making you know that's making contact with the um with the pickup itself that might you know that might move because you're lifting the pressure uh, by lifting the strings off by keeping at least like you know keeping the three strings on you're not lifting you know like all the pressure off it's just that one area so once you put that string back on the pressure goes back so it goes back to whatever you know um, whatever tension whatever pressure was being uh, was kind of holding that down so that's why I tend to change it one string at a time but if those things are not like a factor to you then by all means go go ahead and change all your strings you know at at the same time, I, I think there's more risks with uh, with under saddle pickups or with like uh, with compensated saddles and stuff like that to uh, to change it uh, to have to change it one string at a time. But if you don't care, then go for it. It's all good. Yeah, I um, for someone like me, I take I I take hours, days, weeks sometimes to like to dial in the balance of my uh, of my of my pickup and saddle to. Uh, to kind of risk it, <laughs> just being honest. So yeah, that that's that's it. I think those are those are the main risks. Kahai, what do you think? Uh, well, I was gonna ask. Um, huh? You mentioned that uh, it can affect uh, intonation. Mm. For people who don't know, can you like very quickly? Oh, explain? okay, okay, okay. So um, so intonation is basically like you want your ukulele to be you know in tune, like up. And down the neck, you know, like it. You don't. You don't want like the A string, for example, to be in tune. And when you play the C string, the C string is sharp or flat, for example, right? And the, you know the way that you or can the, test that. Uh, huh? Like the, the oh, sorry, C the C, the C note. Sorry, C yeah. note on the third fret would be you know would be playing sharp because as you go up the up the neck, well, those notes that might play even sharper. So you know, like instead of playing. The A note on the 12th fret, it might be A plus however many cents sharp, you know? So it's pretty that's pretty close. So that's how I like my ukulele. So this it's the same note. Or you can do a, you know, you can do a harmonic. Because that's what it sounds like on an open string in that, you know, in that uh, that high of a note. And then playing it on the 12th fret. Pretty close, you know. If not, if not on it, like, and uh, and and I I dial that in, you know, by by using a compensated saddle, like which you know which Kanye uses. I think they compensate their their C and then some. I think others, uh, but mostly I think C. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not too so, sure. So Alan mentioned mm -hmm. like I had to email Kanye Leo the first time that my that my saddle fell out. Mm -hmm. changing strings because I wasn't sure which way it went back. Oh yeah, see? So, it's not obvious. Like, yeah. Sometimes it's obvious. So where is the compensation on that one? On um, this one, it is on C. It's on C. So the C so, is uh, is more leaning towards the um towards the the, uh, the bottom side of the ukulele okay. than it is uh so G, E, and A. I think A is also compensated a little bit. That leans a little bit more towards the headstock okay. than it does. But the C definitely is compensated all the way in the back. Okay. Like that. Okay. Yeah? yeah um, can we get a close shot on that or is yeah, that... Is that... Yeah. Can, not, let's, let's, let's focus it. Let's focus it. So. I can't focus right now. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Sorry. But yeah, if... I don't know if you guys can see there. There. Yeah. Like at, at a good angle. You can kind of see that there's like, you know... There's comp the saddle is compensated, which means it's not just like a straight 
saddle going down like this. There's like you know, there's grooves in it to compensate for the yeah. for the intonation to make the, it yeah more balanced. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if, yeah. if it's not compensated, then like when you're taking out your strings, you just want to be careful and like try and remember which way it went. Yeah. Like, where yeah. It went. So. And even then, if you don't know where the compensation is, like, and it falls off, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, which side to put it? Yeah, should be should it be one way so, or flip the yeah. other way? And there's you know there's no like, um, there's no downside to to doing it one string at a time, other than like you can get underneath it. I mean, you still can. You can like put a cloth underneath and start wiping and stuff. Mm -hmm. You just can't. You just don't have as much. Um, access or freedom to to get you know underneath the strings yeah. and stuff, or even maybe, your fretboard too. Yeah, yeah fretboard. Maybe that's that's yeah. uh, that's a big one. But for the most part, there's I I see no downsides rather than like other than cleaning your uh, your instruments, mm -hmm. above uh, changing it all at the same time. So yeah. change it one at a time, it should be all good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Steve said oh. that he always marks the front of the saddle with a pencil. Oh, good, good, yeah, good. good. Just um, good. yeah. Yeah, pro tip. Pro tip. Yeah, pro tip from it. Steve. I yeah. I I have a I have a mark to see where it's like on on the bottom. You know, like to uh -huh. see, yeah, uh, yeah, on yeah. on all my instruments. And Jim said, uh, take a picture. Like that's yeah. Just that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's compensated, yeah, then you should be able yeah. to tell by your picture. But then, yeah. uh, I think even what Alan said, right, when it fell out, like mm -hmm. he just contacted Connie Leia and he asked them, yeah, hey, how how to do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think if you're if you do have a compensated saddle yeah. and it falls out of your ukulele. Like contact the manufacturer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, I did it. I actually did it wrong yeah. on my guitar. Like oh, the, yeah? the the saddle fell out. I put it back what I thought it was supposed to mm. be, and then later I realized that it was wrong, <laughs> and that was probably the reason why I was getting broken strings. Like we would play, oh, and you know, okay, remember okay. there was a yeah, there was yeah, a period yeah. of time where like I would break a string like pretty mm. often, and it's probably because of that. Because maybe it's like leaning towards like a certain yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Like the saddle, the, like I guess the shape the, of the saddle, yeah, yeah, yeah. or the point where it was like you know. Yeah, it was more more conducive mm -hmm. to like breaking. Yeah, I, I see. I see. Yeah. I see. Because I was wondering about that. Mm -hmm. It was like it would break close, like close to where to the, the saddle is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of sometimes it'll be like up towards the headstock. That's yeah, where it yeah. breaks. But um, but yeah. So just yeah. be aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, you know, you know who uh, who uh, going back to the morbidness. You know who did that with an ukulele kahai? You know who died on stage with an ukulele in his hand? <laughs> Tiny Tim, yeah. the uh, one and epic. only. <laughs> yeah, you know, I know the person who owns that ukulele that he died on stage with. Yeah, <laughs> I played that ukulele, and it is haunting. <laughs> yeah, that's. I don't know if like if I had something like that. Yeah, I, I kind of feel like I would just like. Even in its case for most of the, like <laughs> I don't know, isn't that like super special or like but Although, it's, it's cool that yeah. It's part know. of the gimmick though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well I don't know. It's like part of part of me feels like Tiny mm. Tim would want it to be played. That's true. Right? I mean if if that's how uh, he yeah. went out, like he wanted yeah. to play that ukulele, that's yeah. true. But that's it's true. Like, like if it's if the ukulele still exists no. and I don't exist, like <laughs> play it. Like, yeah, isn't that's it? true. That's yeah, true. That's true. I want that to go on. Yeah. That's like it's that is like so crazy though, right? Because mm. like you can get signatures, signature models, or the models that 
mm-hmm. like artists play, yeah. but to have the one that they were playing while they died, <laughs> that is truly like one of a kind. Yeah, it is, uh, it is yeah. hauntingly beautiful. Oh, yeah. is, uh... <laughs> Shout out to Dead, Dead Man's Uke. Dead Man's Uke, yeah. that's what it's called. That's what they call Dead Man's yeah. Uke. It's yeah. because that is the, the Dead Man's Ukulele. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out, Tim and Jake. Uh, this one is pretty uh, general, but maybe you can you can offer some tips. Sure. Uh, Julia said, "How to play melody with the chords?" How to play melody with the chords? I mean, you know, um, first, like, it, there's there's multiple multiple steps to this, and it's, it is a very general, very broad question. But you can do so. Like, if you can figure out the uh, the the melody line, you know, with your um, with you know with single strings and stuff or even like multiple strings if you can do like some kind of melody and you know what chords are underneath it that's really like all you need to do is just bring them together right so for example um like not like the best example but that's like the easiest example that everybody is familiar with okay and if in this case the chord is just c then g g g c c c c then z c c c c g7 back to c so i know the chords underneath it and that is the uh, you know that is the melody line okay so in this case if uh this is my c chord right three notes are all that's needed in order to uh, to make a chord, right? Sometimes two, the chord can be um, uh, implied. <coughs> Excuse me. The chord can be implied with just two notes even, right? But in this case, our chord C, and it's perfect because with, with the ukulele, we have four strings. So that means three of those notes can be uh, can be the background or, or the other uh, chord that, that, that lays underneath it. And one, uh, the, the last string, the fourth string, can be used as the melody string, okay? In this case, nice and simple. Since we're in C and the, the note I play. So that means I can even just play the top three strings here because the top three strings are open in a C chord, right? Right, so I can just play that note with these top three all taken care of. I can go. And then G7. I did that for a reason. I did that for a reason. Uh-huh. Now, um, you can also, you, your chords doesn't have to just sit here on the first position. Notice how I struggled there with the G7 because it's going to G7. You can then change the chord. So I, uh, I know this G7 here, there's a G7 here. Maybe I can simplify that by doing this instead. There's a G7 here, there's a G7 there. You know, so all these inversions, inversions of, you know, of, of the same chord. So instead of going, um, I can just go. Because that, that takes care of that G7, plus it gives me that melody line note along with it. Or with that C, if I don't like hearing the, you know, the open chord so much, I can play this C or this C. Or I can play this C. 
I can even like do the uh, do the melody line on other strings as long as you have the you know the chord being established and the audience knows what you know what it is while you play your melody line you're all good you can also play the chord whenever you feel like you know like playing the chord or just to remind the audience what the chord is um, best use of it is like kind of opening the phrase with the chord so in this case Mary had a little lamb so in, in that's in that sense Mary and little right so Mary right on that that first meh on Mary I can uh, I can add a chord and then little lamb or I can just go that's the end of that phrase right and go little lamb that's little lamb so the beginning of each phrase or maybe the beginning or the end you know of each phrase you can do that it's up to you it's kind of like up to your own uh tastes at that you know at that point of when to add the melody alongside the um the the chord or when to add the chord alongside with the melody um you can also do finger picking which you're you're kind of um tracing the the chord on top of the melody so here's the melody right i can do it like a um, finger picking up so that one two three four one two three right so in between that I know those are just quarter notes so in between the quarter notes I can add you know I can add upbeats in, in that eighth I can turn them into eighth notes and I would have uh, um, a space on the upbeat so I can do something like So now I play the melody line with uh, with adding things on, on the upbeat. Now I don't have to be as boring as to just play one note. Um, I can do two notes if I want to. Remember I said it takes at least two, two you know, because two would have an, um, it would imply whatever chord you would have. So you can do like, like, uh, So I just um, I just played E then C and I was just kind of taking turns playing those in between the melody line because the melody line is this nice kind of quarter notes. Now I can do a three if I want to. Uh, ah. So you can you can have fun with like um with finger picking in that you can even play two at one time. You know, or maybe one and then two with the chords. Uh, let's see if I can do that. I don't know. <laughs> uh... So here's the note, and then I would play like two of the middle strings. So in a not Mary had a lamb sense. So for example, if you have a you know if you have a song, let's borrow from the great Jake Shimabukuro. Okay, so um, Jake has that very famous arrangement of um, while my guitar gently weeps. Okay, let's just take a look at the one of the most famous ukulele songs ever um, arranged. Okay, so the the uh, melody line in in that song in while my guitar gently weeps. Of, of course, the Beatle lyrics. I look at you all. See the light there that's creeping, sleeping, whatever the lyric is. 
really like that's that's it like that's the melody line as long as jake has that that is the song while my guitar gently weeps you are playing while my guitar gently weeps on ukulele as long as you go You don't even need all the other stuff in there. Now, when he adds all the other stuff, he adds um, the, the C minor chord, so you, um, right there. Right, so that you can change if you want to. Um, whatever the chord is there, right? So we can have like, so we know C minor is the, is the opening chord. I guess in this case he's going C minor into the uh, I guess F7 into the uh, into the G sharp and then back to the C minor. Okay, so that's what he's doing. That he's having this really walking down bass line. So it goes from the C minor. There's an E flat in there, and then he goes with the um, with that F7 to the G sharp, or I guess in this case would be A flat. <laughs> Why would I say G sharp with a C minor? Um, There's that C minor, and then to the uh, to down here, part of that E flat, and then there's that F7, then here's this A flat. So those are the chords underneath that that melody line. Okay. <laughs> With like other cool stuff, or again, that's what makes him, you know, that's what makes him the best. Cause like he's got this like this crazy move, like descending line that's that's going, that's like suggesting those chords. But then mm -hmm. it's it's also he's keeping this very like consistent, um, the, yeah, like kind of almost like bass. So he's like making chords like that would maybe just that one note and maybe just with with you know with the with uh, this one descending line with, with the top string and stuff it's it's so complicated that once you break it down you're like yeah that that is why that song's great and that's what makes that song works because there's all these elements it's not just you know I see a lot of like um, like finger picking arrangements and stuff nowadays where they just like take you know like the melody line with, with the chord which works great and it sounds good and stuff but that's like kind of the line of like you know making a good arrangement versus like a virtuoso's arrangement of a song yeah, where like yeah. there's these moving melodies there's a bass that's kind of happening at the same time the chord is implied and here's the melody oh it's insane it's insane if you look at the whole like arrangement you know, and I haven't played in a long time, so I'm kind of confused and stuff. But if you look at the arrangement as a whole, it's like, it's so beautiful. Like the whole, the way the whole thing moves and the note choices and the chords and the key was like, because uh, the original Beatles key, I think is A minor. 
but this was kind of like thought out they're like okay this works for ukulele because you can play while my guitar gently weeps in an a minor on ukulele and some might say that it's even easier but there's these moving lines that he needed and you know in that arrangement so i'm sure you weren't looking for that as far as your, your question goes <laughs> yeah. but this is just something yeah, that basic. i kind of wanted to think, you know yeah. want to kind of get into because that's you're knocking on that door like that's what you're yeah. doing you're knocking on the door of like hey uh, i just kind of wanted to, to take melody lines and put it into uh put it on top of chords like oh i got something for you <laughs> yeah i think uh like but i like that you showed yeah. uh, mary had a little lamb and yes. you showed that too because i think when you start off with uh, chord melodies it's good to start off with that like start mm -hmm. off with something simple a song that's simple with like a simple melody and like a few chords and then learn your inversion your basic inversions onto mm -hmm. it but then the the chord melodies that everybody knows and everybody's like oh that's that's like a great arrangement of that song or whatever yeah it's the ones that use like chords for very specific reasons yeah right? they're yeah, not yeah. just like throwing it i think when you start with chord melody yeah. you use like inversions or use chords because it's like I use that one mm -hmm. because it's closer to the fifth fret. I use that <laughs> inversion because it's closer to the seventh fret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which but is nothing, there's nothing wrong. Yeah. But then you get you, if you get to a point where it's like, I'm using these chords mm. to to do something very mm. specific for the song, right? Right. And like, uh, and something that I really like about stuff like, like musicals, you know, like it's always each song, say, for example, like Phantom of the Opera or like, or um, or Hamilton or any of these like really big mm -hmm. ones, like each song, like the individual songs in the in the whole you know in the whole production are unique. You know what I mean? But in the end, all the themes kind of come back, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. and like and make for like a super song. And um, and the genius of say like while my guitar gently weeps, it's like he uh, he he started out with you know with with that, and he carefully chose that you know that key that by the end of the song he's doing like he's he chose that because he's like bringing all the themes in but like in a completely dynamic and big way like i like a you know a good musical would like it's you know this big finale finish that his like and that's something that will so that open c that he was doing in the beginning is prevalent in that Now that bass, that C bass line that was uh, that was kind of constant in that you know, in that melody line is now doing this kind of descending, which then goes with that descending that he was doing there. It's yeah. oh so good. I love 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 that song. And not you know I mean for yes for the reasons that everyone else likes it too because it is like one of you know the most iconic, most dynamic ukulele songs. But really when you break it down, it's like ah. Oh. It's just genius, really. That's what it is. So good. Yeah. And uh, check it out on, um, check out the version on Walking Down Rain Hill because that version was recorded in a bathroom. Because uh, they like the sound, uh, Tracy Terod, Dr. Trey, and, and Jake like kind of experimented with like a different kinds of sounds and stuff. And that one was like, and you can tell too, but like, oh, the reverb sounds kind of kind of different on this one. And uh, yeah, but that's the lore has it that he recorded it in the bathroom. That's what creates that kind of re weird reverb that specific version had. But I think the one everyone's familiar with, of course, is the performance in um, Central, uh, Central Park. Park. Yeah, and mm -hmm. then like the the live performance that he, or uh, the gently weeps album even but that song showed up before gently the gently weeps album it was on walking down rain hill my favorite jake shimokura album of all time he's got heartbeat <laughs> <laughs> heartbeat that song too amazing amazing <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, next. Sorry. I, whew, it's passionate about this stuff. <laughs> See? Love ukulele, like, hi. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's what makes, like, music yeah. great. Uh, and yeah. especially for, like, while my guitar gently weeps or any great songs, mm. is, like, people can listen to it and they just be like, oh, I really like it. But when you dive deeper into it, mm. it's like, oh, there's so much thought it put into this and so much intention to how they made this song. So... Okay. Yeah. Uh, Pekoi uh, asks, can you still oil your fretboard if you change strings one at a time? Oil your fretboard? Yeah. Hmm. Well, like with like fretting oil? I don't think you need the fretting oil, honestly. Because um, uh, fretting oil would be for like, like say you're playing like an acoustic guitar, electric guitar, where like, the oil is needed because the uh, like the metal might get kind of you know like rusty and or well, I it think might, it there just, might be a drag. They're just thinking like you know you use lemon oil to re oh, yeah, I guess rehydrate so. your yeah. fretboard. But like lemon lemon oil, I put that like all over. It's not just that. But yeah, yeah I guess you can like because you can still keep tension. Uh, you can lower the you know lower the the, the tension by um, slacking your strings a little bit and then just taking them off the. Um, off of the what's this? nut by taking them off the nut and then you can have access to the uh to the fretboard without compensating your saddle mm -hmm. or uh, compensating your bridge i should say like because people might get like oh you compensated saddle but like mm -hmm. what i mean by that is you don't want to um you want to risk you don't want to compensate do you? yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, the, 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 yeah so <laughs> the same word confusing like, word yeah i guess so, yeah and i guess mm -hmm. you like the reason why you would want to take your strings off before you oil it right I, and get in deep mm. with the oil like to rub it into the fretboard yeah but even if you get oil on your strings if you're like worried about your strings the oil touching your strings for any reason like mm -hmm. it shouldn't do anything right like mm. if you're using uh lemon oil yeah. or soft oil it's not right, gonna, right, right i guess like you don't like the feeling maybe of i don't oil and then it gets strings, but and it gets kind of grimy like and, yeah you know and you're you're bringing that grime throughout your whole fretboard so i don't necessarily like to put it on my strings because it's on the strings and fine just wipe them off and stuff yeah, yeah. but yeah i mean I, I thought you were talking about stuff like fast fret you know which works on like mm. guitars and whatever but i wouldn't necessarily put fast fret on my ukulele just because it, it does tend to kind of grime up it grimes up guitars too and mm. i know like i've seen <laughs> the kind of grime guitars that use uh, fast fret but it does make you faster as far as you know like moving and stuff but i think you could just you know do at, that <laughs> do if you're that. putting fast fret on your <laughs> strings right uh at what point should you just change your strings <laughs> oh, yeah. you know so, yeah. no one wants to hear that though guy <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but that gives you an op if you change your strings that gives you an opportunity to try out other strings and stuff like ag cross aq strings like that this man is trying out or woman or i don't know i just assume <laughs> i guess <laughs> yeah next okay uh uh, this one was from Judge Too Good again, and mm -hmm. they said, uh, having trouble with my ring finger bending. It wants to stay flat. Where do I place my thumb? I asked, I tried to ask them if it was for a specific like chord. Like an E chord? Yeah, but they didn't get back to me, so. I'm guessing it's that, like, because that's what you would use your ring finger for, you know? Like a bent ring yeah, finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, here's my, my thumb placement right there. And the reason why is because if I took my ukulele away, I still want it to kind of look natural. So like if I um, if, if I ended or I continued the motion, 
that my fingers were going, which would be to close, it would look like this. It was like a natural movement for my, uh, for my hand turning into a fist. Rather than like, um, so, sometimes people tend to, to, to do this, and if you close that, then it's this. That's not really what you want. Then that engages this muscle right here. That might not feel too good. No, we're not puppeteers, you know what I mean? We don't wanna like make puppets. So even when you're doing bar chords, for example, a lot of people tend to do them here, but try that and you know, like do the bar chord and tend to put it uh, and, and place it even just above that, that pointer finger. You're gonna feel this right here be too engaged. So what you wanna do is like, just let off a little bit right there and have kind of this natural movement with your, with your fingers. So I know that wasn't that wasn't the question, but the question well, part of it was where to where to put my thumb. So mm -hmm. let's just say, um, as long as it's not directly behind the pointer finger, just like kind of offset it just a little bit, and it's not like straight up either. You know, like I I tend to see people like doing it straight like this. That's definitely a no no. You want to like um, you want to move it to the side. So my thumb is actually if I were to extend it, it points that way. Okay, so it looks like that. Because this, like I said, puppet hands. We don't necessarily want puppet hands, yeah? So the, the thumb back here like that, okay? Now, as far as the ring finger goes, where, you know, where does that go? A lot of the times, um, the ring finger doesn't want to bend because of the position of your wrist, the position of your, uh, of your fingers, how high, how low it is on the fretboard. A lot of people tend to kind of overcompensate and overshoot it, like the bar cord and having their, uh, their, their pointer finger up this high. Pointer finger shouldn't be any higher than your, uh, than your fretboard. So that when you, uh, when you do the, the E chord, the pointer finger and the ring finger are this, about the same height and not you know, if it goes over the fretboard, it doesn't go over like maybe half an inch, if that, yeah? Let's just say don't let it go over, okay? Like imagine if you were to, um, just tips for bar chords in general. Um, if you were to play the top string second fret and you lay that finger down, that's where your pointer finger should be. Don't overshoot it. Because if you overshoot it, uh, there's, there's something that I've, that I've noticed in a lot of students. The roundness of this big knuckle here is gonna, uh, is is gonna compensate that A string and make it uh, and make it buzz most of the time. Sometimes you can you can get it, but even then, like that's you know that, that's kind of sketchy. So you want to do this so that the roundness of this big knuckle is away from the fretboard. Okay. So now with that with that said, when you're uh, you know when you're putting your ring finger on there, you want to take the the middle knuckle since we're talking about knuckle, you want to aim that on the E string. Okay. And then just see if you can kind of bar it like how you barred the, uh, the, the pointer finger. Now all you have to do is, uh, is, I'll show you to you from this angle, push this wrist a little bit forward. Because what that does is by planting that, um, that knuckle there on the E string, when you push this forward, you can even take your pointer finger and just help it, you know, like uh, help to, to guide it. When you push it forward, that should clear the A string by lifting the, the, um, that, that big knuckle there away from, the, uh, away from the A. And you can do that while keeping your pointer finger steady on the, on the second fret like this. So notice how my, my wrist is straight. It's not up like this. If it's up like this, you're definitely not gonna get it because 
if it's up this way and you, you know, like, and you want your, your ring finger to go out, like, good luck. That's just not happening. That's just not how fingers work, okay? So, for example, I'll take my, my, my pinky finger away so you guys can, it's tough to see. I'll take it like this. So, if your wrist is up like this and you're trying to point out, that's like trying to look left and right at the same time, <laughs> okay? You just, you can't do it, yeah? Um, so, make sure that your wrist is straight. You can kind of get it by, you know, but don't put your wrist too far out because if you put your wrist too far out then then you're not going to get that e string so getting that nice straight wrist and bringing the ukulele forward like this so that your wrist can be straight okay if your if your ukulele is close against your your body like this i know a lot of you know a lot of teachers like bring your ukulele against your body and then play it good luck playing the e you know e chord that way because it's it's gonna you know um, it's gonna be tough. It's possible, but it's gonna be tough and you're gonna have dinosaur arms when you when you do that You don't want that. Yeah, like t-rex arms like it's not every dinosaur looks like that But you know, like you don't want a t-rex it, you know, so just move it forward Make sure that your wrist is nice and nice and straight aim that knuckle on the E string and aim that this big knuckle away from the fretboard keeping that steady move the uh, move your wrists uh, forward a little bit, but not drop it Don't let the wrist drop just move it forward so that it pushes this uh this knuckle up i know it's it's a lot and it is so it's gonna take a little bit of getting used to it's gonna take some practice to uh to get that chord down but you know like if you don't work on it how's it like how's it gonna happen you know what i mean it's if you're like oh i tried it for like you know like i've been i tried it and i just couldn't get it but it's like you keep trying you gotta keep trying, you gotta keep trying. <laughs> Yeah, and I think in cases like this, it's like really helpful to uh, play in the mirror or like play recording yourself or mm -hmm. just trying to hold it because you can't really tell that your hand is in an awkward position unless you can see it from like the front or from other angles. Yeah. yeah. If you're just like looking down at your hand, you're probably like, my hand looks fine. It looks like how he showed it, but it's, yeah. it's might yeah. be a little bit off. So if you see this, let's just go close one more time. So by, by seeing this angle, and you can just kind of, you can see it from, you know, from, from I guess, from, from facing facing this way. But if I if I move it to the side, and if I took my ukulele away, you can see like the, the comfort on my, uh, on my fingers. It doesn't look awkward, it doesn't look uncomfortable, and it just looks like I'm about to do this. So like if I were to <laughs> open my hand and about to close it, you can find that E chord in between most movements, right? So here, boom, boom. <laughs> I'm like laughing and I'm, I'm forever ruined because I just think of when you made a fist, I just think of Arthur, right? Like, oh, gonna, oh, so I know the meme. I know the meme. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I was going to say too, I yeah. think uh, when people try to play E, uh, they try so hard to play it perfectly. And if they don't get it, they get mad, right? Yeah. You got to keep at it. Yeah. And just, mm -hmm. just uh, if you're playing an E for like just strumming a song, just play it like poorly <laughs> yeah even if it doesn't come out and so yeah. you're you're at least trying it and you're gonna get some of those notes in and eventually like yeah i think muscle memory will kick in or like you'll you know just try to just fix it up and just a yeah little yeah bit. yeah you you'll, gotta just try eventually it. you'll you'll adjust but yeah. like yeah if the e chord is in the song that you're playing just play it yeah just play it. Yeah. yeah yeah even if some of the strings are muted or mm -hmm. whatever i I did that for yeah. a long time didn't i say two notes would just like yeah. imply even if like you just got the top two Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good enough. Yeah. yeah. So if I go... Hey... Right? Yeah. <laughs> you that? That's fine. It's it's, but if I go... Hey... You can still play that song. Uh -huh. Whatever that song is. <laughs> <Or> whatever that song is. <laughs> <coughs> 
some lipstick stains. I know, like we we also offer like advice on yeah. alternative ways to hold the E cord. Yes, and yeah, uh, definitely like play those if you just want to do it quickly, yeah. or if you're you're feeling kind of tension in your hand, don't try yeah, to force, don't force it. it. Don't force it. But uh, yeah, every once in a while, yeah. just go back and play that e chord and play it ugly like i still play it i think i don't play a great e chord <laughs> ugly is not the word for it like last week i think i taught people to like play it like yeah. that for julio yeah mm-hmm. instead of going it's a it's a hard jump from a to e for for some people if, especially if they haven't played e for that long you know but And simple, right? And I'm not not gonna play Julio, and I'm not not gonna whistle to it. You know what I mean? Like, so it's one of those. <laughs> it's like, and the just bar the bar E chord. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want to just like throw it out and say like I'm never playing that again because I got yeah. these alternatives. Yeah, yeah. Just every once in a while, try it out, and then because you you kind of do want it in your back pocket if mm-hmm. a song really needs it, then yeah. you'll be able to play it. And, and you know what? If you play the E chord and you mute the A string, like. Like if, say for some reason, you're like, I just can't get the E and that A to, to ring, or I guess B note in this case, but on the A string, right? If you can't get that, if you just get the top three, you're good because that right there is the same it's thing as that. In, it's fine. Yeah. Can you tell the difference between this and this? Yes, but really? <laughs> like, I mean, does it matter bit, though? But, yeah. In the middle, like when you're yeah. strumming a song. When you're strumming, no. it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, last, no, not last. I think we can do a few more. Yeah. Uh, Andre said, uh, what are, uh, I'm trying to find the exact mm-hmm. wording of it, but he asked for tips basically for, I think, maintenance and like uh, cleaning your ukulele. Um, beauty tips. Beauty tips. <laughs> oh, um, just wipe yeah. it down with like a microfiber cloth. Um, if you want to put something on there, like lemon oil, and honestly, that's it. Like I wouldn't put any other kind of chemicals and stuff on, you know, on my ukulele. It would just be like it would just be that. Like lemon oil, um, for you know, for the fretboard, like get the grime off it. You know, like get really like go in there with a the microfiber and just like you know just clean it. I'm actually the worst person asks for beauty tips both on ukulele and both for my face but you know that's that's really all i do like uh or at least all that kahai does because he cleans it up for me let's be honest kahai does oh. the uh does the cleaning of the ukulele i just come go to work rarely. sometimes like whoa this this looks pretty good like oh, have you always looked this pretty you know but it's like kahai's been giving it some love you know yeah, but, yeah and it's pretty bad because mm-hmm. it's usually when it's like I notice in camera, so I'm gonna yeah. go clean it. <laughs> but it has to get to that point. Don't don't let uh, an instrument get to that point. So. Yeah, but for the most part, that's it. I mean, and you know, even um, luthiers will tell you that, like, yeah, don't don't mess with the um, you know with any other chemicals on it because it will either eat away at the wood, eat away at the um, at the at the finish, or straight up like ruin the balance of the. Um, um, how they cured the wood for that instrument, like, it, it, there's so much risks. For uh, for putting all kinds of stuff, and I mean, I've I've seen you know I, I, horror stuff like that people do. Like someone, I remember someone just like took you know <coughs> a spray bottle full of water and put it on their like uh, uh, water mm-hmm. <laughs> on their uh, on their cloth. And just like started wiping their, you know, like their instrument. It, was, it wasn't because like a guitar and stuff. I'm like, I don't think you're supposed to do that. Like that's. <laughs> Yeah, and then back then, like um, in the '90s, I don't know. My dad would be like, "Oh, use Glade. It's it's or like whatever, you know, like kind of 
um, like polish like thing yeah, that, yeah. that you would use for furniture and stuff. It's like, oh, it's good furniture. for like wood furniture, but old, you know, there's like... Actually, probably not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not it's not, that, it's not, not as bad as water, hard, but, if, but still, yeah. you know, that those are still kind of chemicals that you're putting onto your, you know, onto your uke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If your instrument is sealed right, it, yeah. like it really shouldn't have any... I mean, mm-hmm. if you're putting it on and wiping it off really yeah. quickly, it shouldn't leave anything, but you just don't want to risk it, right? No. Like, and, yeah. But there's also like an old English that's just lemon. Like that might, that's like basically like cheap lemon oil, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. maybe we could do that, but yeah. other than that... And they have, they have lemon oil that's packaged specifically for instruments. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. That's it, just to be on the safe side, because yeah, I think that's, that's the best advice that i can give i can't be like okay you know what get this particular thing yeah no, just play it safe uh Some... lemon oil just wipe it down all, all good get the grime off yeah um you know if uh if you want you can use like a soft bristle toothbrush and just you know kind of put the lemon oil on top get the soft bristle and just kind of give it some love you know mm-hmm. you can do that it's all good yeah, some some mm-hmm. uh, luthiers right like they, they'll use like tree oils or they'll use yeah. different types of oils yeah but uh, yeah, like if you, I guess if you trust them and you ask them for advice, but just the safest route is just lemon oil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you want to clean underneath there, just slack the strings a little bit. Um, and you can, you know, you can kind of lift it up and uh, take it off of the nut and put it to the side. As long as, you know, like the tension is low, shouldn't be too harmful. And, uh, and you can get in between those, uh, the, the frets without kind of getting your strings grimy. Yeah, or do you know do that? And if you're gonna, because if you're gonna change your strings anyway, do that first, and then change your strings one at a time. That also works because it doesn't really matter if you got your strings all oiled up from that process, since you're gonna change it up again anyway. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that's my advice, which is actually not like not much. Just wipe it down all the time after you play. And I should be do. I should be taking my own advice. You know, like maybe just have a microfiber cloth on your ukulele case after every time you play. Just wipe off like you know, like the yeah, the ukulele. Wipe it down. Put it back in the case. You know who's really good at that? Chris Salvador. Yeah. Like I toured with him, and yeah, like wouldn't you know it? After every time, like you know, we we did we jammed, we went on stage or whatever. He taught. He would always wipe down his instrument mm-hmm. and then put it in the case and put the cloth over it and stuff. Yeah. Like what a meticulous <laughs> dude. <laughs> you know, like a, just mm-hmm. kind of like a counter argument to that. <laughs> yeah. It is cool when you see like an instrument. It's like, mm-hmm. man, this thing has been taken care of so well. Mm-hmm. But isn't it also kind of cool when you see like Willie Nelson's trigger and it's like that's true. that hole is there true. because Willie Nelson's arm has mm-hmm. been laying on that same spot for the last like what 40, 50 years. That's true. So it's like that ha- that instrument has love in it, right? It's yeah, like, but I mean, I don't think any amount of wiping is going to protect it if you're like just going to wail on it, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that that trigger would have happened regardless if you wiped it down. And I think I'm talking just like... Just the normal like fingerprints or any kind of you know oil like unnecessary oils mm-hmm. for like from our hands or grime from our hands you kind of just want that off. But if you are digging into trigger, then yeah. uh, then that'll happen regardless. You're, uh I have instruments though where yeah. it's like you can see where my arm has been laying <laughs> yeah. on the, the guitar just because the oil gets into yeah. it, so it does wear down. And yeah, yeah, yeah. My my strat looks like that. <laughs> yeah, as long as you're okay with it, then that's cool. But if you don't want that to happen, then wipe it down. Yeah. Okay, uh, one last one. We can, we do one more. Uh, so, uh, Judge, again, said, what capo do you guys recommend? Ooh, the no capo. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, yeah, Aldrin I, I doesn't. Ten, yeah, I don't use capo. I mean, you know, like, I know that's that's kind of, it sounds super elitist. You know, <laughs> like, oh, just learn all the chords. But 
honestly, like I, I think you'll you'll have a you'll have a better time because if you if you go into capo, for example, then you're kind of limiting yourself on on the notes because wherever you put that capo, those notes behind that capo are gone. You know what I mean? You have no access to you know to to do any of those notes lower than that. So if you're but I you know I do like the sound of open chords. If you're gonna do open chords like up here, the capo down there um, will definitely play you know play a role. So I'm not saying you know like that there's no room for capos or anything like that because I think the correct use of capos are definitely you know is there's there's something to it and there's a beauty to that. But if you're using it as a crush to like, well, I don't want to play in B flat, so like I'm just gonna put a capo here on the first fret, <laughs> play in A or yeah, whatever, yeah. you know, like maybe don't do that, you know, like because that's. That's just trying to put a band-aid on like on on a bigger problem, which is like maybe like B flat. You should kind of you know you should kind of learn it, because in that case, if you're so let's just say if you're like I don't want to play in B flat, so I'm gonna put a uh, you know I'm, I'm gonna put a capo on on one. What difference does it make? I'm only limiting myself. You know I'm only taking out this much you know, this <laughs> much notes, but you're actually taking out like eight notes. So you're taking this out the first, you know, I guess you have the first fret, but like the frets behind it, which is the open fret, right? So in the key of B flat, in that key, your five chord is an F chord. <laughs> yeah. Your and, F, yeah. And in the key of F is a B flat. <laughs> yeah, in the key, yeah. Yeah, in the key of F is a B flat. So if you're playing in B flat, your F has to be up here. Or has to look like this, or whatever. Yeah. It has to which be is, this, which know? is harder. Which is a lot. Which is a lot harder. Plus, it, it, the the tone and the sound is just a lot different. So I, I don't know. I, I like I said, I I can see the argument for a uh, you know for for a capo and with like nice like twinkly open chords and stuff. Like for example, if uh, we we had we had our guest uh, Sammy. You know, I've seen Sammy use capos and stuff, but he's also playing up here with some like nice open chords, making mm -hmm. that capo mm -hmm. like instead of playing like say like he's playing this, but then he needs like this note on the bottom. Like he's not about to do this, you know. Like, so he's just <laughs> like gonna put capo chomp. there. Exactly. <laughs> so I can I can see where where that would be useful, but if you're just like huh, you know, or making maybe even making quick. Um, uh, you're making like not key change, but um, and now word is not transcribe. What's the word I'm looking for here? Transpose. You're making a quick transpose. If I, if you're in the middle of a gig, you know, and they're like, okay, well, you know, we're we're playing this a step up, and you're just like, I, you don't you don't have time, and you know, just playing playing a capo there and playing your normal chords would be fine. I can see the argument for that too. So. I'm not saying no capo, but try to use it as least as possible. You, you know, it, you want to use it as a tool, not a crutch, right? Yes, you don't want that's to rely it. On that's it. the yeah. that's the that's the one. See, Kahai should be in this chair. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it really is a tool rather than a crutch. You know, like if you're starting to use it as a crutch, that's when you're like, oh, maybe I should learn more chords and stuff. But there's definitely beautiful ways to use a capo. And as far as the question of which one. I don't know. I I don't use them, but I've seen um, people use like G seven or whatever. Like, uh, like well, usually we recommend oh, Kaiser. Yeah, Kaiser. Mm -hmm. Kaiser, Kaiser people yeah. for for ease yeah, of use. Yeah, we yeah, have we one. Have we have one here. See Kaiser. See, I'll dream so. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, here. So for example, and I'll show you as an example. Um, uh, I have a song called CMJ. Right. So CMJ, the riff goes like this. Right? 
in the album, I played it in G. But if, you know, if I'm gonna play that, I'm not gonna have this. I, I really like Tension, and if any of you guys went to any of my like my uh, riff songwriting workshops and stuff, Tension to me is, is a big deal. So, but if I place that capo on the second fret, I can still keep that like kind of open, twinkly sounding kind of chords in there without you know um, without having to change the whole arrangement around. So mm -hmm. that that's kind of what I mean. There there is you know like a place for capos, and if you know if you're like um, if you're like me, this is like oh I, I I play Brown Eyed Girl in F, but then like a lot of ukulele clubs do it in G. I mean I'll just play it in, I'll just play it in G or and whatever. But if there's like a specific picking that I that I do in F, maybe capoing the you know the second fret. To keep that, you know, to keep that picking. So, in order to do that, I couldn't do that with a, you know, with, with this. I guess I would have to. I would have to like really work hard yeah. and bar it. But to make my life easier, capo. Um, Kaiser. Yeah. Kaiser. Uh, like I said, I've seen G7s before or C7. I don't know what. I think it's G7 or right? capo. I've seen people use those. <laughs> and there's some there's some others but for me tried and true some people don't like kaiser because they don't like the you know, the part that's kind of sticking out and that's why people use like the g7 ones but i feel like this is there to remind me that like hey don't go beyond <laughs> like yeah, don't yeah, go beyond this yeah. mark because there's nothing there so. and also uh the kaiser capo only has one tension yeah so like if you have an ukulele with high action and the, the kaiser capo like just puts more tension on it where it like goes like sharp the, yeah the yeah. intonation it affects the intonation then there is one uh like the shub capo i think you can adjust the tension on yeah. that so if if that's a problem for you then shub maybe our yeah. friend ken middleton helped develop the shub ukulele no, shub i think yeah. s-h-u-b-b i think yeah i think the only capos that i don't like are the ones the old school ones where you it's like a bar and you strap it onto your ukulele you have to like yeah pull, pull a piece of leather over mm -hmm. it those are just like unwieldy but like pretty much any of the clamp style cables they all kind of work the same right yeah so, pretty yeah. much the yeah. same but yeah tool not a crutch yeah i think if mm -hmm. it's like if you're using it for yeah. a few songs to yeah. you know quickly uh like make it into a different key or do something yeah. that's fine but if you're using it for every single song because you want to play using like the C chord and yeah, stuff. Yeah, if you're just like, yeah. I just want everything to be in C. So I just move the, uh, you know, the capo around so everything's in C. No, that's, that's not the right way of thinking, right? Like, yeah. you know, you want to... And the, and the higher up that yeah. you um, put your capo on your ukulele. And like the, yeah, the more... The less, yeah. the less ukulele it sounds and more yeah. like music box almost. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, I... Um, yeah, so if, if I were to play, say, like schizophrenic snowflakes in the in like in this original key, I would put a capo. Because when <laughs> it, I, I tuned it high, I went with the Canadian tuning on that one. So oh, stuff like that. There's like I can see, you know, like reasons for, for doing that if you're <laughs> if you're using it as a tool. But yeah, or, not a crutch. Great, great line guy. Yeah. Or you could also like uh if you're a singer and you sing with your song and you wanna mm -hmm. tune like half step down or a full step down, mm -hmm. you can do that and then you can always have the capo to play in standard tuning, right? Yeah. Like you yeah, just yeah. put it on too. So when in that yeah. sense, yeah, it's it's pretty useful. Yeah. Yep. Which one? A Kaiser. That's the one that's right next to me right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. yes. 
proof that we uh, we do use them. <laughs> I think at this point, Kaiser does call it like an ukulele capo. Yeah. But if you can't find like mandolin a capo, a mandolin or a banjo. Too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, okay, okay. All right, and uh, that's it. Should we do one more because we're we're like a couple minutes late, like uh, earlier? Do Do you have another? Do you have a short one? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't quick, think we have a quick, short quick, one. Okay, okay, okay. We all have. <laughs> Give me there was one. one. There was, there was one. one about um, what what if you get pizza oil on your fredboard? <laughs> oh, then you know, then you're just gonna taste delicious. The whole no. <laughs> yeah, you can wipe that off. Just just wipe it off. The, if the pizza oil goes in there, then whatever it gets in there, maybe you should have wiped your hands prior to you grabbing your ukulele. You know that that's also an option. Wash your hands, and you know if you're eating pizza. Like how I was in some of the challenge, one of the challenges. Like, just wipe your, you know, wipe your hands before you touch your ukulele again. If you're, you know, if you're sensitive about like, oh, no oils of my ukulele, but not a problem. I don't think. Swipe it down after you're fine. Yep. Yeah, that's a quick question, right? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, David, oh my gosh. <laughs> David said, any experience playing Kamoa ukulele? Yeah, we uh, dig just like down the road from us. You know, not bad. Like they definitely went through a lot of change. I haven't kept up with you know with with Kamoa in the recent years and stuff, but um, they're 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 good. They're cool. You know, mm -hmm. they they make sound <laughs> like no, they're they're fine. Like I, I think they're good uh, and they're competitively uh, priced with ukuleles in that range and stuff. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah try my guy, because it, it's tough to say because like. Every ukulele kind of has its own, you know, like its own unique voice and stuff. So if that's a voice that you're looking for and, and that's a price range that works for you, then great, you know, like, mm -hmm. but if not, because, yeah, my, you know, one man's medicine is another man's poison. Because yeah. I'm like, I love, love, love kanile ukuleles. I'm always talking about kanile and stuff. And I know, like, you know, as far as ukulele on the ground goes, we're all kanile and whatever. But like, uh, you know, I, I know that this, that this sound is unique. And, uh, and kind of works with what I do. And that's why I love it so much. And I think everybody should, you know, should, should try everything and just find a sound that works for them. But Kanilea definitely does it for me. So yeah. just that's, mm -hmm. that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then I think, uh, I believe the last time that I talked with Sam, which was yeah. a couple of years ago, I think... Sam even, is the owner of, yeah, uh, yeah, of Kamoa. Kamoa Ukulele. Yeah, I think they, even their... Like the the lowest tier kamoas are yeah. solid tops. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Good. So yeah. 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 They're like so good competitive uh, competitively priced solid top kulalas. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They they should be reliable. So, yeah. Yeah. Good. Anything else? Uh no. I or do you want? Speaking of Connie Lea, where, where could somebody they find They could get one right here. Shop.ukuleleunderground.com. Grab your Connie Lea ukuleles there. They have, uh, they have some, some great select models that we picked out just for you folks. So shop.ukuleleunderground.com. And also, if you guys want some, uh, some ukulele underground merchandise, if you want to rep ukulele underground where you're, you know, imagine walking into your uh, walking into your ukulele club sporting a beautiful ukulele underground shirt and people are going to look around like oh hey whoa who's who's that <laughs> wow have, have i does this person come here often like he looks good what is that in a shirt you know like if you want that shop.ukuleleunderground.com that's 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 the only you can be the head turner of your ukulele club yeah um we also have some other cool stuff to uh 
we have, uh, I guess, individual lessons. If you guys are not signed up for UU Plus, you can buy like um, like a Hawaiian class. You can buy all kinds of cool like individual classes there as well. They make great gifts, even if you kind of know how to do them. We have like, um, I think, um, like ukulele one or some kind of beginner class in, in yeah. there as well. You guys can can get that bundle and, and share the gift of ukulele, yeah. Um, and if you want all access to everything that we have, sign up for you you sorry plus. <laughs> there it is. Uh, oh, no, just, yeah, it well, is. Uh, ukuleleontheground.com. UU Plus is the way to go. That grants you access to all our archives and grants you access to yours truly. I will help you uh, with, with everything that you need help with. You can always contact us anytime via the site. But I also do private lessons uh, twice a month on uh, there twice a week. Uh, sorry twice <laughs> twice a week uh, but i was saying you you're, yeah, you're right, yeah. you can have a private less private 15 minute lesson with me twice a month yeah. at no additional charge it's part of the uh, the uu plus program and uh i just want to make sure that everyone's you know that everyone's uh doing okay or that everyone has no questions or that i can help out because if you're stuck and stuff then then that's you know that i want to be able to help you out in any way that i can okay that's that is my promise to all of those UU Plus subscribers out there. I'll try my best for each and every one of you folks. Okay? Uh, that's it. Um, I'll see you guys next week. Have a great weekend. Do we have any other businesses to, uh, to tend to? No? Uh, I wanted to mention that yeah. um, on the, the store or on the shop, yeah. you can actually get the lemon oil and you can get uh, capo. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Just go there. Shop. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, next month. Why don't we tell them about next month, Kai? Yeah. No? Uh, should we? Should we say yeah, yeah. Okay. Might as well. So, um, next month, more of this. Basically, more of this. So, um, we <coughs> are going to be. Um, I usually do <laughs> private lessons every Monday and Tuesday for Ukulele Underground Plus members. Once again, no additional cost. You can just book a lesson with me as part of your uh, as part of your subscription. But we are going to change the dates on the private lessons. Instead of Mondays and Tuesdays, it will now be Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays and Thursdays for the UU Plus private lessons. Why, what are we doing on Monday? On Monday will be stream days. So that means there are two streams in a week. Instead of just every Friday, we either have um, the, the podcast or we have uh, the Friday Jam. We're gonna have Friday Jam, baby. And, and we're gonna have podcasts. You can have your cake. And eat it. That's that's really what it, what it boils down to. We will stream twice a week for you folks, so that the people who want to you know come listen to the podcast and stuff live and ask their questions can still do that. And people who want to jam at the end of the week can still do so. So Aloha Friday live jam. We'll live on Fridays and podcasts will move to Mondays next month. All right. We'll give you guys more details as we get them. We'll see you folks next time. Have a great weekend. Stick around after the show for all of you UU Plus subscribers. I will be online to help you get unstuck via the UU Plus live coaching. I'll see you next time. Bye.